for today. Uh, I just want to say that we already noticed Pastor Brian was gone, obviously. Um, but I just, Lindsay told me this morning that they were going through Jerusalem today. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to, to think about them doing. But, uh, but we do have a Gideon speaker here uh, today, Don Derryberry. And he's um, going to go ahead and come up here and share with us today. Sorry about that. As I was saying, she saw that Bible. She took it home and started reading. It's like Jesus, God, were talking to her. Then she met with a local pastor for several weeks, and then she made a commitment to the Lord, and she got saved. And the Holy Spirit's doctor went through an altar. A few weeks later after that, Shannon Bettis' life was totally changed. Even after that, she... Shannon doesn't do things halfway. She went and talked to a lot of her family members and led a lot of them to the Lord. She even ex-husband kept track of her guess what they did they got remarried again he got saved they got remarried again and got back in god's will for their life you know what happened after that this is the best part of the story true story is that shannon had to sit down and apologize to her daughter for leaving her at such a young age you know what her daughter said mom it's like god poured miracle growth on you and made you a whole new person because of this bible which brings me to isaiah fifty-five, eleven. 
so shall thy word that go forth out of my mouth shall not return void, shall accomplish what I intended. See, somebody may have thrown this Bible away, but it didn't turn void in Shannon Bettis' life. And I'm going to tell you some other little quick stories. There's a, I don't know if you've heard of freeway ministry and people like that who've been on drugs and different things like that. I'm telling you, some of these people, they get a Bible in the prisons in Springfield and even here in Webster County where a lot of them, they may have been saved before they got there or they get saved by a Gideon Hotel Bible or a Bible we put in the prisons because of your support. But I'm telling you, these people can't wait to get to church. They, after they get out and get try to get back their life together, they underline the Bible. They know it backwards and forwards. That's what you're doing, changing people's lives through 180 returns through the Gideon ministry, and we appreciate your support. Good morning. I'm Don Derryberry. I'm with the Gideons International. I'm humbled not to be here today. I know that uh, Brian and they're in Israel, and praise the Lord, and we hope that God is using them. But thank you for the opportunity, church, to let me be here today. We're a born-again Christian business and professional men and women's association. We're an extended missionary arm of the church. And you know what? As you mentioned in the prayer time, to pray for our nation, pray for our world. God is still in control. God is still going to use us to be a light in a dark world. And your support through this church to the Gideon ministry and other things you do by helping people through all your programs, we still are making a difference in a world that needs to know Jesus Christ. And that's what you're helping us do through the Gideon ministry. We place our Bibles in hotels, motels, middle schools, high schools, colleges, and prisons. These are just some, some, some t- statistics. We placed over 91 million scriptures in 200 countries in 99 languages. We're going to give God the credit for that. And it, within the 100-year ministry of this ministry, we've given out 2 billion Bibles. Give God the credit for that. Another quick testimony about a young lady by the name of Grace. She got a Bible one day in the country of Columbia. The, see, the Gideons were a worldwide ministry, and we do it right here in, in Webster County and all, even in Springfield and all over the world. But we place our Bibles in making a difference throughout the world. But in the country of Columbia, a young lady by the name of Grace, she got a Bible one day, and she took it home, and, and her dad didn't want her to have it. But she went back to school the next day, and the, the, one of the teachers, one of her ladies there, led her to the Lord. But she would go home and try to witness to her father. But this Grace, his father, didn't want anything to do with it. He put that Bible in his bib overalls, and he took off for work that day. Guess what happened? The news came in that the coal mine caved in, and there were no survivors. You know, they found clasping his hand a little note. It said, Grace, thanks for providing that Bible. I'll see you in heaven. True story on the back of it. Eleven other men who had a chance to give the life of the Lord signed the back of that book. That's where God's at work through the Gideon ministry by having that Bible there for grace. And then there was a gentleman named Elliot Oswald. He grew up in a very strong Jewish background. Elliot lived what you call a double-minded life. He acted like he was married when he would go home, and then when he was on the road and traveling as a person, he wasn't living as a married man shooting, doing things he shouldn't be doing. He did this for several years, and he went home one Christmas Eve, and his wife said, Elliot, your life's been totally out of control. Just get out. Well, Elliot got in the car. He had a gun. He was contemplating suicide. And through that, he checked into that local hotel. And that hotel on the nightstand was a Bible just like this. And he looked at it. He didn't want anything to do with it. He kept kicking it under the bed. It kept coming back out. He did that a couple times. It kept, he couldn't get it, get, it, get it to disappear. It kept coming back out. This Elliot read it for a while. He knelt and prayed and asked God to give him direction for his life. He went home and apologized to his wife. They joined a local church. And then a few years after that, they got more, very active in the church. Guess what happened to this Elliot? He became a pastor as a result of that Bible. You know what? We placed Bibles yesterday 
in a lot of the hotels in Springfield, Missouri, at the north end of Springfield. I'm telling you, we never know. Somebody may off I-44 or maybe having a difficult day. Somebody may be having the same situation as Elliot, needs to know the Lord and those Bibles. Are there. And that's what you're help doing, providing this. It's like a silent missionary where God does work. And I've seen it. I've heard many testimonies through the years where God has at work through these Bibles we place in hotels. But not only do we just do that, we even have one-on-one witnessing we do. We're not in the Bible dis- distribution, but we're reaching men and women and boys and girls through Jesus Christ, through your support, through the local church. Another testimony I want to tell you is a lady by the name of she, um, Barbara Pack. She grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I met her about four years ago in Springfield, Missouri. She grew up with a mom who had an IQ of 30, and her dad was an alcoholic. But later, this um, Shannon, I mean Barbara Pack lived in a home where they were putting these foster homes. She'd get in the medicine cabinet, started taking prescription drugs because she abandoned and rejected most of her life. She didn't really want to live after that. Then later, she was adopted by this family. In her middle school years, in high school, she'd get into LSD and other heavier drugs. She wasn't like some of the kids here today had an opportunity. A lot of us, we talked about in Sunday school where we grew up with families that we, they took us to church. We had to know the Lord. We got a chance to get saved at a young age and those kind of things. This young lady, Barbara Pack, did not have that opportunity. She didn't even have a clue what, anything about Jesus Christ. But you know what? Her stepfather passed away. She became a woman of the streets. A few years after that, she met this gentleman named Randy, and she got married. She got pregnant. He wanted a boy. She ended up having a girl. She saw the same neglect in that small child she saw in her own childhood. After that, then she was incarcerated, put in prison. But about a month before she's put in prison, they said she had a liver of a 79-year person would be dead by the time she was 30. After being in prison for a year, her health was restored a lot better. But then on a Sunday morning like this, we have an auxiliary ministry who give out Bibles. She stopped one of these ladies when she got enough courage. She said, do you have to go through hell literally here on earth? When you die, you go to heaven and find peace and joy. You know what they told her? No, you can ask Jesus into your heart right now and find peace and happiness right here on earth. And then you can know you're for sure going to heaven. You know what? She, After that, they came back a week later. They prayed with her and she accepted Jesus Christ. And her life has been totally changed. But you know when we do make a commitment to the Lord, we can have accountability partners and all different things, but we need the Lord every day to pray to him to give us that strength to walk what we need to do, even as this Barbara Pack. But she had four basic goals that she prayed. The first one was to be able to give up the drug addiction. With the help of this Bible and a former pastor, and it's not easy to give up drugs for some people, but she, with the help of that, she was able to give up her alcohol and her drug addiction through the help of a pastor in a Bible like this. Number two, she went through an agency over in Oklahoma City, was able to find her mom and dad in Tulsa and tell them she loved them and bring peace and closure to that situation. Number three, she got married again and got her real daughter back, and they're serving the Lord in Tulsa today. Number four, there's 15 to 20 women. She leads through a special program through her local church. And through that, she's changing people's lives. But you know what Barbara Pack told me your favorite passage? A few, like I said, four years ago, it's true for many people that we know that get saved or through, through the, the Bibles that we place. Her favorite passage is John eight thirty two. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free, just like thousands of other people have been set free by the Bibles we place with your support, the local church. I'm going to talk about a place that I've had a passion to lease the lost the last... Uh, I've been to St. Louis, you know, as a young person to go to different things, make sports events, but I really had a passion to reach people in the city of St. Louis. 
We placed over 400,000 scriptures since about 2008 in the city of St. Louis. And I know you all know where that's at. We placed 44,000 scriptures this past October in the inner city of St. Louis and all of St. Louis County. But I'm going to tell you the best testimony. This is true here in the United States of America. It's hard to believe. And like the early, about that one of those first years on the east side of St. Louis at this one middle school, these first two young people came out, young boys came out, said they never heard of Jesus, never owned a Bible, and the Gideons witnessed them right there on a public school sidewalk in East St. Louis. Because we can't get into schools here in America like we used to as kids. If you may have gotten Bibles, they witnessed them. They made a commitment to the Lord. Guess what happened? The local police came up and said, these kids act so different. What was different today? We, there was no fighting as they got on the buses. We told them we didn't do anything. We just gave out Bibles. But you all know the Holy Spirit made a difference in those kids' lives that day. And I want to personally tell you that I was even at Washington University. I've been to Missouri State to give out Bibles. I've been in Colorado. I've been to a lot of universities I'm going to talk about in other parts of the world. But I'm telling you, one of the coldest, I'm not going to the educational value, but one of the coldest places I've ever been to give out Bibles at Washington University one day. I couldn't even get these kids to look at me, give me eye contact. Couldn't even get them. It's like they didn't even want anything to do with it. I'm telling you, this, and this one young lady walked by with me a few feet over and said, don't you have anything else better to do with your life today? And I looked right at her and I said, there's a lot of things I could do, but I care about you. And you know what? If somebody does reject you, if you want to be like Christ to them or share, don't, don't give up. Go to the next person. Somebody else may want to know Jesus Christ. Don't get discouraged. Don't give and don't give up. I really mean that. That kind of a, it's not really preaching to you, but tell you, don't give. If somebody turns it down, the next person may need to know the Jesus. As in the book called Share Jesus Without Fear, it may take seven times for somebody to hear the word of Jesus to make that commitment to the Lord. But literally after that, many kids at that school, and I'm talking about Jewish kids, different, some Muslim kids, Big Bang Theory kids at that school have taken Bibles. I made a point to be there the last few years. But I've seen thousands of kids thousands of kids and I prayed that maybe we could make a difference in the city of St. Louis literally one day a young man was waiting for his brother after he got out of school and I read a book called Share Jesus Out Fear I'll talk about more but I asked him you know if he went to church and he said no he really didn't I asked him if he know if you want to really hear about how you can go to heaven I went through the plan of salvation prayed the sinner's prayer with this young man he's waiting for his brother that's what we do in a small way I, I mean that sounds like a small thing we all have different ways, different people, but I'm telling you through the Gideon ministry and through God using me and some other Gideons, we're able to share the plan of salvation even now on the traffic lanes of life. But I, as I said, I've seen thousands of kids in the inner city of St. Louis, and I prayed maybe we were making a difference. I called our state president a few years ago just to picture this whole situation since 2008 to these 44,000. But I told you that I called our president a few years ago because we didn't have as many people. You know the saying, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. He said before I called, Mayor Francis Slay said the crime rate has gone down 28% in the city of St. Louis. Politicians and never people may have taken credit for that, but I can't believe we made a difference by being in the inner city of St. Louis. Your support is making that difference. Then we have what you call international scripture blitzes. We pay 100% of our own way. Gettings go out to different parts of the world. And I know you've maybe had other Gettings here share. Ellis, said, Ellis Young said he'd been here talking about one of you. But I'm telling you, we go to different places of the world. But whatever you give today goes 100% for placement. I'm not a millionaire. I'm just used later in life. God's opened the door for me to be able to go to these countries. But I went to Chile in 2010. And I was in, I'm going to share that with you here right now. I was in 400 classrooms, saw 7,000 kids. Each classroom I walked into, and you, you, something you used to be able to do when I was in the fifth grade back in Rolla, Missouri, I could, maybe not even, but I was able to share Jesus with those kids 
asked them to make commitments and have them sign the back of the book. Then one day I was at a Catholic university standing out there by myself for a while. I mean, at first I was with the local Gideons, but they left me there by myself, and I thought that's kind of strange. You know what happened? This is in Chile. I went and took a break. My camera fell on the ground. It wasn't working, and, I, and I'm not Mr. IT person. And you know how we get the cares of the world and things keep us from getting distracted? I literally had to force to put that camera back in my pocket. True story. I looked up at the sky and said, Lord, help me focus on the real reason I'm here today. A gentleman on a ledge who could speak some English in that, at that school said, why are you here? And we may, we, we, the shyest person can do this, and I'm not telling you you have to do this, or just you can be Jesus to somebody and make a difference. I said, why are you here? And I talked about my background, his background, and I said, if you die tonight, would you know you'd go to heaven? He said, he didn't know for sure. I said, how would you really like to know for sure? I basically went through the plan of salvation, and he, we got ready to pray the sinner's prayer, and his girlfriend came up and said, he, I said, give me a couple more minutes. We prayed. He made a commitment to the Lord, signed in a Spanish testament, and he took off. That gentleman made a commitment to the Lord. The rest of we gave the rest of the came back a little while later. We kept giving out Bibles for another hour. Guess what happened when we got back in the van of that car as we drove off to the next school, the next place? My camera started working. My testimony to you is this. Don't let the cares of the world. I mean, we all got to work. We all got our different things we're going to do. But don't let the cares of the world, the different things, keep you from that divine appointment God may give you today, tomorrow, as you go forward to be Jesus to somebody. And that's what I learned from that. And that's what I'm telling you to do. God provides that divine appointment every day for all of us. That's what I learned from that. And a book from called Share Jesus, however, is that able to share that. Now I share it as much as possible. But anyway, we went to this last school. And my prayer life was strengthened more than I ever thought it was possible when I went to Chile is that we went to this one school that last Friday. They said we hadn't contacted the principal. We need to get it. I felt, well, I want to get in this school. I prayed in the car with these other gentlemen. Next thing you know, it's a busy day. This principal was sitting in front of him, and these principals treated us like I was one of the top persons in the United States, and I'm not. I'm just, by the grace of God, got to go to share with you today, and I'm humbled to share this with you. This pastor, I mean, this principal said he lost his daughter, he lost his secretary, and I said, don't go any further. I had him come around from that desk, and I lifted that man up in prayer because he needed it right then. You know what I learned from that? I had a pastor tell me this 20 years ago, and it really stuck in my mind, and I do it now. When you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, don't, if you've got time right then, pray for them right then. Don't wait till you take off. I learned that from that, and I prayed for that pastor. I mean, excuse me, that principal. The next thing you know, I got to spend a little more, we had a little more time in the classrooms. You know what I was able to tell those kids at that school? I said, when I was your age, I had a Bible. didn't read it like I should, but I read it with me every day. I want you, there's a person named Jesus in my heart, and I want you to know him too. I got many different kids by sharing that that touched their heart through the Holy Spirit, signed the back of that book in those schools where that, that school where that principal gave us the opportunity to pray and go in that school. Give God the credit for that. Then I went to a place called Indonesia. This was in, that, Chile was 2010, Indonesia was 2013. I grew up down here at Rolla, Missouri. I'm like you. I'm here in the Ozarks. I'm not, I know this part of the country, but I'm telling you, Asia is a different world. One thing about it is that I definitely was a fish out of water. We eat rice and chicken about every day. Even when we, the last few days, last day we were there, these gentlemen said, we drove by a McDonald's and said, we need to, I need to stop in there. I need, some, I need some of the food I'm used to getting. You know what? Even the local Gideons still had to have rice and chicken. But you know what? If I can, I'm just tell, I'm not, I'm humbled to say this, and I'll say this real quickly to two, is that my daughter today is learning the language in Indonesia with her and her husband. They're going to be there a year and a half. I didn't know she'd be in that country. So be, be thinking of her, but I just want to tell you this. 
Jesus, when Jesus loves all the children of the world is what I learned from Indonesia. But one thing I wanted to tell you, I went way out in the country through the Bibles you help provide that literally these kids that I told them that Jesus is more than a prophet. He's in my heart. He can make a difference. I'm no evangelist, but God took me to that part of the world and I had kids' attention. They're the only American they ever saw. And I had kids that wanted to, wanted to read that book and make a difference. I even had teachers that had frowns when we walked up to that school. And by the time I left, we had them smiling and wanted a copy of God's Word. But it's like 10 o'clock in the morning one day, the second day I was there, you know, to go that far away. Even I, even I I'm not a bashful person, but I even got, was a little discouraged at that moment, 10 o'clock in the morning, because we had to get eight people in a six-person car. I didn't think we'd ever get to this. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. And the next thing you know, I get out of the car, it's near a cow pasture near this school, and you imagine what I stepped into, and I said, man, it's going to be a long day. I can't believe what I'm doing here. I walked into that school. Guess what happened? The, my guardian angel did show up. Literally, this young lady who's a teacher said, can I be your interpreter? And at this very moment, with those kids right there, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world to tell you this today and get this opportunity. I told these kids, I've come 10,000 miles because I love each and every one of you. Some of you may know Jesus as a prophet, the Jesus I know is in my heart and make a difference here on earth in a place called heaven. You see, how does that make a difference? There's some kids there I get to share with, some kids there that had Bibles that normally wouldn't get a... You know what? In this part of the world, people are bombarded. You'd have to be under a rock to not to hear about Jesus, whether you are saved or you even go to a church. Well, that part of the world, they're bombarded with the Muslim religion. Every, they're bombarded with the call to Allah every single morning. But you know what? We planted seeds, and I know we're going to see some people in heaven... There's all the Bibles you help provide. We took to Indonesia. But, and also, um, uh, many, the many different kids there that, as Billy Graham said, we do the planting, God does the watering. This is no small miracle. We went this next school. It'd be like going out here to Niangua, Marshfield High School, or wherever. Any, pick any, any town you want to pick out here. Seymour, any town where they have a little assembly. Way, I was in the city of St. Louis. I went way out in the country. And we have an assembly, and I'm standing up there talking and sharing that Jesus is in my heart, and he can make a difference. And had my, they saw my passion. They saw my heart, that, I, that this person named Jesus, you need to know him. Well, there was 40 boys and girls they put to the side because they didn't think their parents would want them to have Bibles because they came from a strong Muslim background. They saw my heart. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. The teachers didn't think they wanted the Bibles, but these kids wanted those Bibles. God opened their heart. That's what we do. Give God the credit. If I had the money, the time, I'd be on a plane tonight, leaving Springfield to go to that part of the world to share. But we all have an opportunity to even share Jesus and even our next-door neighbors and many other people. Then I went to a place called Venezuela in 2016. And I don't know if you probably watched the news, some about, know about Venezuela. It's going through some difficult times. I had to drive all the way the first part of January. You know, so it used to have, you'd have your travel agency to get you your visa. I had to drive. Their country is a little, very difficult economic times. I had to drive all the way from Springfield down to New Orleans, drive all the way back, and give this paperwork just to get a visa to go to Venezuela. That's this, you'll understand the story. Then I had to get a different doctor to say I could go because different, whatever the reason was. He's afraid, you know. Anyway, I got a different doctor. I got to go. Well, when I did go to Venezuela, I want to share this with you, is Something I wasn't prepared to see, literally. And I don't know if you remember the 1929 Depression. You may have heard your parents, grandparents, or people talk about it. I really wasn't prepared to see this. Picture this price cutter store, Walmart, wherever. People lined up in these stores for a block and a half just hoping they're going to get some food that day. Their economy's about almost collapsed. Literally, my interpreter standing there next to me, 
He said he had no toiletries. I even gave him the toiletries that I had in my room and so he could have some. Also, they turn the power off twice a day just to save on energy at this place. Literally turn the power off. You know what I do when I go to my room every night? I tell myself, I kneel and pray. I said, Lord, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I really can't believe. I've, I felt, I'd call my wife and said, if I ever waste anything ever again, shame on me. I really, but I'm not telling you that. The, yes, we got our issues. Yes, we got our problems. But we still live in one of the best countries that God has still blessed us with in the world. I learned that, and I mean that from the places I've been. But I just tell you, those people, even through all that, pastors prayed for us, but when you go through difficult times, all of us, as we prayed this morning, God can see us through. There is a better tomorrow, and there is the, the Lord. You can always turn to the Lord during difficult times. And it was hard to say to some of the kids there, I know what maybe they faced. We went to this one church. Excuse me, we went to this one church. As we went to this one church, we prayed real quick, literally, that um, with, with the pastor there. And I was telling some of the testimonies I'm telling you right now. At this particular church, this lady came up at the end of the service, was crying on the microphone. My interpreter had his mouth wide open. I said, what's she crying about? She said he, she lost her, had lost her grandson a few days before. But she said some of the testimonies I brought gave her hope, and she didn't want to give up on her life. You know why I'm sharing that with you? If I didn't give out a single Bible in Venezuela, it was worth to go down there to New Orleans, get that visa, come back, go down there and give this lady hope. Well, you know what? We did go to a lot of the schools. We went to, I'm going to make this quick because we're kind of running out of time. But at this school here, you know what? I would never see this too many places in America because we can't get one of the teachers, first few schools that first Monday morning. You know what one of the teachers said? We've been looking for a book like that. We want these for our kids. Next few classrooms, I'd walk by with an interpreter. You know what? I saw many different kids actually reading this book. Even the English teacher, at, excuse me, the English teacher at this school here said she'd teach for one full hour out of that book. I would never see that. I went to many different classrooms, shared with many different kids. Look at the faces, the hungriness in their faith. I'm, the other day they were at a school in Springfield, and some kids did want them, but the majority of these kids did want that Bible, and we got to share with them. You know what? This was a moment. I thought about that. I saw a 544, some tracks, trucks today. This is a true story. Dirt on the ground. There's no, there's no grass at this school. Tra- there's trash bags lined up for several blocks because the trash trucks are broke down. It's and just talking, the, they had the power off. We had to witness these and talk to these kids and give the love of Jesus. We all can have passion, compassion. I know you wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be here today and be what you're doing through this church to help other people. But that's the first time I ever left a place I could, wish I could, I could adopt a lot of those kids and bring them back here to the United States. I saw 3,000 kids, 50 at a time. You know what I'd do? I'd point back to their teacher. I said, I want you to study hard. You can make this a better country. And not knowing what they're going to face, I said, they're going to make this a better country. There's a better tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you about my best friend. His name's Jesus. His name's Jesus. He gives me strength. He gives me courage. We all need that. And I asked them to make commitments. But I got many kids to make commitments in, the, in those schools in Venezuela. This was a one-on-one situation where these girls' mothers were waiting for their daughter, and I got to witness to them. For time's sake, I'm going to move forward. We got to witness. But I went way one day. I went to this one church way out in the country, and they fed us. I felt kind of guilty taking the food because I know they sacrifice. But I went, you, you think we, I'm telling you, this is, in, this is in April of 2016. It's pretty hot. I mean, hot about some of our hottest days around here. I'm telling you, I needed that extra food because we went 100 kids here, 100 kids there, and we got to share Jesus very openly with a young interpreter at these little assemblies. 
thousand kids, every 20 or 30, I got to witness to there at this, at this uh, private university. You know what? Their president may not want us to be there, but you know what, in their country, but you know what? God opened the door. We got to go there, and I got to pr- open the school day in prayer in many different schools. Their biggest prayer concern was some of them that people wouldn't steal from their parents, but God opened the door through your help to get a minister. We were able to take Jesus to that part of the world. As when I, I told you when I went to Indonesia, I had 10,000 miles to come back to learn one thing. It was on my mind, I'll tell you today, is that I learned that Jesus loves all the children of the world. You know what I learned from going to Venezuela? Jesus loves all the people of the world. Jesus loves all the people here in Webster County. He loves all of us. We need to take Jesus to the world. That's what this world needs more is Jesus and your support through what you do to get in ministry is making a difference. I know that. I've seen it firsthand. In Russia, we gave out about... Ten different times those. I guarantee the president of that country doesn't know we gave out 30, close to 30 million scriptures. Even in China, we print in underground, we print these Bibles literally in their country. Even in China, underground revivals has been broken up because it was all the Bibles. Even in Africa, one day, the Gideons went to this one school. We're going to go to this one school, and they said they had 300 kids there. And the local Gideon said, we probably shouldn't go. And the other local, Gideon from another part of the, from here in the United States said, we probably should go. They needed 300 Bibles. They only had 150. They showed up. Guess what? The fishes and loaves story happened. They happened to find another 150 somehow. God provided those other. I read in the passage this morning, when we don't have faith, we, can't, we may not be able to walk on the water, but when we have faith, we can take that step every day to do what God called us to do, and that's my testimony to you. And I learned that even. We can take Jesus to the world and make a difference for God. We can't worry about everyday situation, but we can all take one foot at a time whatever we have, and take Jesus to the world and make a difference. And that's what I've learned, and I wonder, that's what God laid upon my heart to share to you today. Even in this one part of one country called Honduras, they showed up at this one school, and the superintendent said he wanted Bibles for all his kids. Now that country needs a half a million Bibles. God is, what I'm trying to say, in today's world, there's people needing the Bibles. Two other quick testimonies. At the first part of February, a couple years ago, I showed up at this one school, and this young man asked me if I've ever been to Columbia, Missouri. And I thought he meant the Missouri University. No, he said West Middle School. This is a 14-year-old in our society today. He said he was heavy into drugs, heavy into Satan worship, and he wanted to give up on his life. But he got one of those little testaments, took it home, read it for a few weeks. He said he didn't want to give up on his life. You know what that tells me to tell you today? It's kind of a theme. We brought hope to that young man, possibly saved his life. And you know what I read it this morning, and I'll read it to you today. My favorite passage since that day is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your support of this ministry is in vain. What you're doing as a church by giving these turkeys and making a difference in many things, just remember, Marshfield Nazarene Church, your labor is not in vain. I, know, I also know this, that a gentleman named Ron Henderson from Kansas City gives out a lot of Bibles. He took one of these trips that I was telling you about where we go overseas. He went to the Dominican Republic one day, and it stood out. This testimony really stood out. He stood up and asked 500 kids a couple years ago in front of the school, how many wanted Bibles? 500 kids screamed back like they, they, was most of, they just couldn't get, wait to get their hands on that Bible. True story. He stepped off that podium. He'd never seen this in his life. It took him five minutes to quit crying. The bottom line is this today. People in the world are hungry for the word. We don't see it, you wouldn't believe it, but they are literally hungry for the word. Here in America, with all our issues, the kids need hope. People in America need hope, and that's what we do. And your support of the giving ministries help bring them that hope and that hunger through four basic ways. Number one, we do ask for your prayers. 
We're also looking for new members. We have the Getting Car program where you can purchase Bible memory of a loved one or anniversary. And we do ask for financial support. But I'm not just asking for your financial support. But I'm asking how many Bibles, how many lives you can change. Because I promise you, 100% goes for placement and distribution. There's no red tape in our ministry. If you can give 25, 50, even 100, how many, whatever you can afford to give today. If you want to make out a check as you leave, make it to Giddings International. Whatever you can afford to give, if you can't give, please pray. We have an insert there where you can also use credit card or drop something in that. But thank you for letting me share today. I know it's not your normal service, but I'm telling you, I'm humbled not to be here today with your support. We're all in this together. We're all in this together to reach men and women and boys and girls for Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to know the Lord. I'm going to turn it back over to you.